tonight on Unsolved Mysteries, Murder 101, Who Saved My Life, Payback Killer, and Death and Disappearance. I am your other co-host, Robert, and this is Reenacted, an Unsolved Mysteries podcast. Crystal, um... Yeah. You, hey. Hi. What's up? It's, it's nice, to, it's nice to speak with you again. Yeah, it's good to speak with you as well, pal. Oh, thank you. <laughs> what are the odds that the people listening are are not thinking that we were fighting right before? <laughs> we weren't. We weren't. <laughs> it just sounded awkward. Does it ever not sound awkward? <laughs> with us? When with we us, do never. This. this is episode 112. And you know what just happened, right? We we opened the show the same way. 111 episodes before this one. Plus all the minisodes, right? Yes. I completely forgot I'm the first one that talks. So that was that long pause. <laughs> I was just like... Okay, Robbie, introduce yourself. And I was like, no, it's me. I do that. I'm the first one. Wow. Okay. 111 episodes before this one, and I just, my total brain fart at the beginning. Well, hopefully Connor will um, cover my... Yeah, he'll wave some of that Hollywood there. magic. Have I ever let us down? How far have you come because of me? Things aside from awkward... Uh, memory issues. Uh, prior to recording, yeah. you sounded like yeah, there was something that you you were feeling hot about. I am you hot. Know? I'm I'm physically hot. It's hot in the room that okay. I'm in. I'm uh, I'm drinking a spicy margarita too, Ooh. which is I don't know making it better or worse. I'm not mm-hmm. quite sure. Uh, yeah, I've been, I've been laying off the sauce lately. It hasn't been too nice to me. Like I've just been getting an immediate headache. I just haven't been haven't been I, normally during the summer. I'm drinking like a like it's my job. Gotcha. And uh, just really haven't been touching the booze. But a margarita. It's a little, a little bit warm here today. Nothing, nothing too bad. Just you know, a little regular LA summer weather. And I was like, uh, you know what sounds good is a little spicy mark. So that's what I made. But listen, I'm physically hot, but I'm hot. I just wanted to talk about this. I I feel like you may or may not agree, and that's okay. I'm a pretty even-tempered person. I'm pretty... I won't say I'm patient, but I'm pretty slow to anger. It, I, it takes me... It takes a lot of pushing to get me to angry. I see. Yeah. Rage is a uh, feeling I don't experience very often. But the one thing... And I think a lot of our listeners are going to relate. The one thing that will push me into an immediate white-hot rage is when my phone starts doing stuff that I don't want it to do. <laughs> oh, okay. And, yeah. uh, to, you know, as some of you who listen to this may or may not know, I have a, uh, Instagram account where I occasionally post, uh, you know, drink recipes, pictures of food, stuff like that. And I had a nice little setup for my spicy Marg. I had a good recipe I wanted to share with y'all. Mm-hmm. Uh, went outside, photographed it. Um, and then my camera software just kind of froze up like it was processing the uh, hdr too much and then i restarted my phone and then it looked like the camera all the pictures i had just taken of this nice drink setup were like no longer there 
And I, the, the, I'm still coming down from it. I got the pictures. It's okay. Phew. But the anger that I just experienced was uh, transcendental. It was. It, it, the, it flame, flames, flames on the side of my face. This is another one that, that sends me into a rage. Tell me if you can relate. Okay. When you have successfully typed out the word you meant to use in your phone and then it autocorrects to something else. It's like, no, no, no. I spelled that correctly. And then you switched it to something else I don't want. Um, like stuff like that. Uh, I've been having some keyboard issues on my smartphone over here a little bit. And I, uh, I just, I, it was just three minutes of blinding hot rage. I, at my phone. I do feel frustrated when my phone decides that a perfectly spelled word is not what I meant and chooses something else. Um, and then what's worse is like, my mind just keeps doing it. I, I, it would be nice if it like, it registered, you know, like, oh, he came back and he changed it. But he probably means it. Nah, nah, nah. We're just going to change it back again. And so that, that you have to play that game. It's more trouble than it's worth when it just when it just fucking changes the the word for you. That's all it is. That that's all it is. Like I don't know. I appreciate when like it gives me a list of guesses beneath. That's actually been immensely helpful for, mm -hmm. for me in the past. But mm -hmm. I feel like mm -hmm. you know by seeding editorial opinion. Editorial mm -hmm. powers to the the phone. I mean, how how is that mm -hmm. not leading the Skynet? I mean, uh, do you ever like, you know, remember a time before cell phones, and wish that was the time that we still lived? <laughs> in? Yeah. Well, uh, I can't say that that particularly is what happens. I. I, I often wish the internet in general would go away just because I, I feel like it's it's led to the end of our society. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I guess by an extension, I, I would be okay with the phones. Yeah, it's like you, I, I'm sure, because when I was in high school, it was not it was not customary for people to have phones on them. I don't remember anyone mm -hmm. having a cell phone on them mm -hmm. at all. And I'm sure that's... Um, Mm -hmm. That's just not the case these days. I'm sure everyone in high school has a phone on them. I hate being physically tied to this piece of shit technology. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I th I just I don't know. I think I just hit I hit a limit yesterday too. Um, I'm off Twitter again for a while. From time to time, I gotta I gotta get out of there. I mean, I, I left Facebook. I'm not trying to brag here, folks. I just need to protect my peace. But I left, I quit Facebook in 2017. So that was, and I never looked back. Uh, Twitter's a little bit harder to get out of because it can be a lot of fun. I have a lot of fun on there. But for the 10% of time I'm having fun, it's 90% the most insufferable, inane, back and forth, nitpicking bullshit. Now, I don't participate in that. But the fact that I'm even, like, bearing witness to it, I'm like, you know, the creator, God, Allah, 
whoever whatever only gave me so much time on this earth and this is how i'm fucking yeah. using it are you kidding me are you kidding me i have pre- i have but precious hours to be alive i could be petting my dog right now yeah i could be looking my dog in the eyes and the and the dopamine that that would release over just doom scrolling on i just i had to get out of there man for for a while i'll be back but it's like what am i doing you know, this just this piece of technology just makes me angry most of the time. It is also the thing I'm using to talk to you right now. And it is also the thing that I play Wordle on. So it's not like, you know, terrible. Oh, you but play that that Wordle I'm just, game. Uh, I've been playing that Wordle. I got to tell you, I'm a little bit more into Hurdle, which is what it'll play you like uh, progressive uh, notes in a song. Mm-hmm. So starting with the first note and you have oh, six God. guesses mm-hmm. to guess the song. That's... That's way more yeah. my shit yeah. than any of these other games. Yeah. yeah. So Dave and I have nightly check-ins, which is there's there's three games that we've been playing off and on. One of them is Framed, which is it'll show you a still from a movie. And you've got a, six guesses to guess the movie that Ooh. it's from. Um, Hurdle, uh, which is, you know, it starts with the first note of a song and then goes from there. you got to guess it. And then Wordle. But I've kind of fallen off on Wordle. I'm all about hurdle. I only I only found out right discovered now. what the meaning so. of all those colored piles is when a coworker of mine last week insisted upon mm. explaining how her wordle works. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's sorry. Okay. I've never foisted wordle on anyone, that, that's so I, I I found it. But, on my own. Yeah, I think at the very least, anyone who listens to our podcast could definitely agree that crystal and robert have a very complicated relationship with technology yeah i would you describe your relationship as it i mean i don't want to speak for you but it seems to me for you it's like you don't necessarily understand it but you know that you have to use it sometimes i feel like you've just explicitly (laughs) described my relationship i didn't want to speak for you man but okay my relationship's a little different I understand it completely and I hate it. (laughs) It's like, I don't hate all of it. Like I'm saying, there's the 10% that's good and fun and useful. Um, You know, but there's like, ah, this is a thing my husband David Mm -hmm. does that actually kind of drives me nuts. He doesn't listen to this. It's fine. (laughs) This actually kind of drives me nuts. But we'll be like, we'll be talking about like a movie or something or just a topic. We have a lot of, uh, we talk to each other. That That's actually. good. That's <laughs> good a lot for, of for a married couple yeah, to, it is to good. do, I, I, I gather. Yeah. yeah. We have, we have some lively conversations. And one of the things that often happens is I'll be like, hey, what do you, I wonder about this thing, Dave. What do you think? What do you think happens when X, Y, and Z does this? Like, what do you think about mm-hmm. this? And I'll offer some speculation and I'm like, and then I'll like want to talk about it, but he's not satisfied with that. He'll whip out his phone and he'll find the actual answer or we'll like have a conversation. There'll be 20 minutes of silence. And then like, he's back 20 minutes later with like the full on explanation. (laughs) And I was like, that's great. I love that he's intellectually curious like that. And he demands to be satisfied. Mm -hmm. Um, But also I'm like, what about just wondering about something? What about just being living in some kind of mystery where you don't really know what the answer is and you can speculate about it and we can just go, huh? Yeah, I wonder about that. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 fun to, you know? to leave some stuff to 
to the imagination to 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 have it be a mystery um yeah it's yeah. it's interesting you just described the sort of behavior that i feel like uh was the source of a lot of antagonism in my workplace about a, a year ago or or, or more yeah mm. like i mean and just you know unfortunately I, as you described you know it's i mean dave is just of a particular mindset and he's just like oh i must solve this mystery yeah. what is the answer and and I think uh, I can't go into details, but um, I had coworkers who were on one end of the spectrum and one on the other, and some chose. Some mm -hmm. people were interpreting one person's uh, habit of looking stuff up on their uh, uh, phone as, to find the answer as some sort of like, well, I'm going to show that you're wrong. Well, sort of I, thing. you know, I have to say they're probably. It's it's eighty percent intellectual curiosity on my husband's portion, and then twenty percent just dying to be right about something. <laughs> it's a little that. Hey, Robbie, we've uh, we've just bl we've blown a ton of smoke about technology. Um, should we maybe do an unsolved mysteries podcast? What do you think? What are we on season six, episode eleven? You know, it's been a long, 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 long-ass time since we've uh, had an investigator segment. The investigators! And Every time I see that, I think of that Warren G song, Regulators. <laughs> Regulators! Connor, put that yeah, in here somewhere. Totally that, that thing that you just said. Um, yeah, it's... Yeah. <laughs> and let me, let me say, like, this segment is probably... I mean... The selection of the investigators as its event type, no, not event, segment type, what it could uh, not be more appropriate. And because this is this, this is yeah. less about the mystery of who who murdered this poor individual, mm -hmm. and it's a lot more about like, yeah. hey, let's see this class of uh, uh, people trying to solve a crime. Yeah, uh, yeah this I yeah. Mean, what. Yeah, this this first segment takes us out to San Francisco. The opening has a beautiful exterior shot of the city. Buildings illuminated. Uh, you know, this is back in the early 90s, so I assume the buildings are a bit different. This is about the murder of a, a prosperous, as Unsolved Mystery says, a prosperous businessman who provided, uh, a, mm. whose business was providing noodles to dozens of Chinese restaurants uh, in Chinatown. Um, and, uh, you know, that's about all that we're really going to uh, dwell on him because what's more important is that his open case has been brought to a class that's ta taught by a woman named Brooke Stewart. Uh, it's, uh, what was the, what was the precise name of that class again, right? It was uh, the, it was murder, murder 101. Was that one really? Oh my yeah, god. I think it was. I mean, the wiki is saying it's murder yeah. will solve, but that's not what they were saying in the segment. They were saying right. murder 101. It's and I I, yeah. I believe this I'm about 90% sure this is at the, like them recording the classroom and not a reenactment of the classroom. Is mm -hmm. that is that what you got? Or 
Um, I got that it was a reenactment of the detective with the case coming in and introducing himself. Right, where he's like, if you... uh... (laughs) If you if you want to be a detective like me, you got to get a hat like this. <laughs> yeah, he 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 slid in like Cedric the Entertainer. Okay, <laughs> he was like he had his shiny suit on and a big wide rim fedora. He it was like a zoot suit situation. I don't know what he was doing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? This kind of like this kind of struck me as like quintessential san francisco Mm -hmm. guy oh and i can't i can't describe it further than that yeah uh, what was his name inspector sanders um yeah princess okay so you're thinking that like they showed up they were recording the class uh but they they also did sort of Uh like a little they had the detective recreate when he first walked into the class he did a little. He he slid in like Kramer and did a little twirl and took right, his hat off. Right, right. Well, yeah, I was sort of in a, a, a state of confusion at first because I was like, "Wait, are we watching a reenactment of the the class itself?" But then when they start talking to the yeah. people, they're they're recording them as if you know it's they're 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 in the actual class. It was very very muddled sort of reality and fiction meeting. But yeah, he he gives them the. Uh, uh, he he basically there he takes the opportunity to farm out the the legwork <laughs> for his his yeah. case to this class yeah. uh for the yeah 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 well, yeah no i mean it's 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 i i mean i it makes sense to him he's like wow i can get like 30 people to like be doing my work it's it's kind of like i don't were you yeah were, uh, not to annoy our listeners too much but we're going to this is another grad school reference um do you remember when two of our professors at unr were teaching a special class about grant writing uh yeah i remember that that came up i did not yeah, take the course but I, yeah i, I, I didn't take it as well um and <laughs> i think the 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 review i got from someone who did was that like oh yeah it had a lot of really useful information uh that they they imparted on us like tricks of the trade you know and in exchange we were doing mm-hmm. their grant writing work for them <laughs> yeah i mean i kind of i feel like when they pitched that class to us i was like uh-huh <laughs> oh you saw right through that eh of course yeah. of course uh-huh. yeah i was like we're gonna do what now oh, okay i'm gonna pay i'm gonna pay money to to do your work Okay, no, I don't think that will be happening at this time. Yes. Professors, and you know who you are. You know who you are. They do. (laughs) I remember exactly who was teaching that class. I I do. Uh, I do as well. Mm. But they they didn't have the uh, style and panache of Inspector Prentice Sanders. No, no. Um, Yeah, he, like... It, 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 it was really kind of like interesting watching this uh, this this classroom that he, he shares with them the 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 information about the the murder of the, the I believe the gentleman's name was Jim Fang Fong, John oh. Fong, John Fong. Um, well, he, or as Robert Stack was saying, Jian Fang, but it's John Fong. Oh, okay. If you want to be proper about it, but who gives a shit? 
right? I I have Jim written down on my notes. Uh, it's John. J I A N. I like I like seeing the the class participating. Uh, it, they he gets kind of like the 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 assortment of feedback you would expect. Like one person's like, I would check to because the the basic details is um um uh, our victim and his wife they were in a uh, a van and uh they in between stops or something for their business and like two guys that snuck into the van and were holding the hostage and like we want the money. We want the money, and yeah. uh, that that was like that was a very critical thing. Like they kept demanding it, and they just they weren't accepting like wallet money or anything. They're they're obviously after yeah. something big. Yeah. And unfortunately, our victim he was stabbed in the in the heart by uh, a steak knife. That, mm-hmm. uh, as Detective Sanders says, it's kind of like the steak knife you could get for ninety nine cents at a ninety nine cent store. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it, I I hope I'm not paying paying a dollar twenty for it at the ninety nine cent store. <laughs> yeah, that's that that's the thing now. A uh, dollar twenty five. Uh, oh man. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I'd be afraid to buy knives at dollar store just because I have this fear that they they'll break really easily mm-hmm. when I'm trying to cut through some. Anyway, uh, let's not talk about my phobia about dollar store uh, merchandise. Um, uh, I love the, you know, we get, we get the, 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 the class they're throwing out their ideas here. And when, one gal yeah. was like, I would check to see if the knife was similar to the knives used in any of the restaurants. Uh, that, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, another another person uh, gal was like, "Hey, you know, you uh, could you you know see like maybe did he have like a large sum of money come into his account in the a couple of days leading up to that? Maybe that's what they're referring to." I think the thing that made me laugh the hardest watching the segment was Stack described the demographics of the class. He's like, "It's it's consists of everyone. You got." Some gal does some job like a, and then a housewife, and then and then he said, and, and a number of writers. <laughs> and mm-hmm. that, that was said, well, like I of mean, course, like you know, listen, all of these people have in the year twenty twenty two started a podcast, right? Twenty twenty started a podcast. Like this is this is just the the pre podcast pre podcast type of thing oh that that's a good you know way to describe I mean? it yeah no i think you're spot on these these are all people who have the exact same personality that they would be podcasts i agree yeah 100%. yeah and i and i'm not lumping ourselves within these type of these people are actually interested in solving a case um and, and putting their <laughs> minds to work to do that and we are not interested in doing that no no i all. mean yeah i i feel like because they they had several students who were actually there out there doing legwork, going around mm-hmm. the restaurants yeah, in they Chinatown. Had that, mm-hmm. They had that one gal acting like she was Kim Cattrall in Big Trouble in Little China, like in the <laughs> Chinese restaurants, trying to get in the community, find out like what gangs are fighting what gangs. And <laughs> I, Crystal, yeah, I, I just want to let you know that I love you. 
<laughs> well, I love you too, man. So much. Because you're the one who made the reference to Big Trouble Little China before I did. Well, that's what, that's that's what this white lady was doing. She was like, yeah. to, she was just like, she was like in the neighborhood trying to get, and that's when she found all the information about the Vietnamese gangs versus the Chinatown gangs, right? That's, that's exactly, that's, I thought the exact yeah. same thing when I was watching this segment. I, I, <laughs> Once again, our minds are in sync when it comes to pop culture colliding (laughs) with murder, I I guess. Um, But yeah, yeah, uh, she was she did a lot of legwork on the gangs. And I was just like, throughout the rest rest of the segment, all I could think about (laughs) were yellow headband guys fighting red headband guys. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, you know, and they they have they do they do some interesting sort of uh, segment recreations based upon a few of the students' theories. Like one person was speculating, oh, someone who worked at one of the restaurants, he observed that uh, he observed that, you know this person that came in. He always you know he was receiving cash, you know, lar- large amounts of cash all the time. Uh, maybe he wanted to prove himself with one of these gangs. Um, you know, we, we, we get some get some interesting scenarios that are played out here. Um, one was uh, something about gambling, because I guess our victim, uh, he, he was really into gambling. And so, uh, you know. Um, I mean, that felt like a little racist speculation, to be honest. What was the evidence (laughs) that he was into gambling? He was Chinese American. That's just rude. I didn't. That's that's a stereotype. I didn't. I didn't realize Uh, that's a stereotype. I I mean, I guess it's one. It's one of them. Oh wow! I I guess I I mean I I don't know. I guess when you when you live in Nevada, you're kind of just accustomed. Like when you go into your little neighborhood casino you're just sort of uh-huh. you're, you're 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 you know you're just sort of your, na- your neighborhood casino <laughs> uh, uh-huh. yeah, yeah you know just the i remember my, no yeah yeah, yeah my the, just down just down the just down the block from my old residence um you know if you if you walked in there you 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 saw you know, basically just sort of a sampling of all the people who lived in those eastern uh, uh, stretches of Dayton before you start to hit stagecoach. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe there's some stagecoach people in there as well. And it's just, uh, I don't know, every time I walked into one of those places, it's like, saw the people just hunched over those 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 slot machine type things well they're not slot machines mm-hmm. anymore, you know the but you know the, the seated in front of those video machines and it's just like man there's not even the illusion that, that it's a game of skill at this point you're just mashing buttons you're mashing yeah. buttons i mean yeah anyway this class of students they're not all the shit, right? Because yeah. when this segment's over, we don't get an update. No, they had a uh, 30, uh, 30 more investigators on this besides uh, Inspector Pr- uh, Sanders. And mm-hmm. there's no update. 
what do you think it must have been like for the people in Chinatown like that semester? There's like, you know, like 30, 30 random people wandering around asking yeah. questions about this horrible murder that happened. <laughs> You're like, what are you, a detective? Well, I, yeah, I don't. Well, I mean, probably not any different than any time, you know. But San Francisco was very touristy. I'm sure didn't feel any different than any other day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? But uh the you know, the unspoken rule among immigrant communities is you don't talk to the white people. You don't say <laughs> shit to them. So I'm actually ah. kind of impressed that um what's her name? Kim Kim Cattrall uh wannabe uh, was actually able to glean some for information about from her friend who actually lived in Chinatown about you know the difference between the Cantonese gangs and the newer Vietnamese yeah. uh, gangs. So that was kind of interesting. But yeah, there's no there's no update here, and um, you know, <laughs> yeah, they didn't solve it. What the hell? No, and we're not going to solve it right now. Poor man was murdered for nothing. Well, I mean, I mean, uh, murdered for money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's unfortunate. Uh, let let. Do you want to talk about another segment? Yeah, let's do something uplifting. So, Colleen Frangioni, uh, when she was in her twenties, she was uh, coming back from. This is back in the seventies, nineteen seventy-eight. She was in uh, Newport, Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was coming back from a party in Providence. And she'd been drinking a little bit. It was pretty late. She wasn't wearing a seatbelt. And she got in a really terrible car accident. And, the uh, you know, the segment starts with, you know, Colleen is a paraplegic and she uses a wheelchair. And she's the segment starts with her at her, you know, in current time, which is 1994, I guess, 93, whatever. Mm-hmm. Her wheeling into a uh, high school classroom with a bunch of high schoolers that look bored as fuck being like, y'all got to wear your seatbelts. And they're like, yeah, we know. My God. Um, Because she wasn't. So she got in a really terrible car accident and she, uh, you know, but, you know, if you guys remember old cars, they didn't really crumple nicely and they didn't have airbags the way <laughs> newer cars do. It's basically, if you got in a car accident, if you weren't thrown from the car, you were basically welded into and trapped a very brittle metal uh, cage. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened to to Colleen. And so she describes what happened is she was making a left-hand turn. I don't think she had a stop sign, but she came to a complete stop, even though there wasn't oncoming traffic. So, first of all, I don't know why the fuck she did that, but she's <laughs> making a left turn. The car behind her, not anticipating her to make a full stop, uh, that's on them too, Slant rear ends her, which sends her into the oncoming lane. She gets hit again in the front of the car. Uh, and I, Unsolved Mysteries, boy, did they use their entire budget for this episode of recreating this car crash because <laughs> there were some pretty spectacular explosions yeah. going on. And um, so a couple of folks who lived in a house nearby come running out, obviously, and they're trying to um, get Colleen out of the car because it's since caught fire and the doors jammed shut and they can't get her out. 
And so somebody, uh, a nurse or somebody happens to come along and says, you know, go, go in the house, find a crowbar. We'll pry her out. And while the couple who was first on scene, they interviewed them too, which is kind of cool that they were like available to talk, you yeah. know, 25, 20, 1978, 1993, 15 years after the fact. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Woo. Uh, you know, the fact that they were able to track all these people down that were kind of involved with this accident. Yeah. It's kind of cool, but yeah. So the couple that lives there runs and goes in to get a, crowbar and while that's happening uh this a couple of men appear from nowhere basically and help they just walk colleen into out. frame <laughs> yeah they just walk into frame they pull colleen they're able to get colleen out of the car and then um this nurse person or whoever had this like emergency medical training was like you know get her on the side of the road in the meantime while this is all happening the car like blows up you know huge yeah. mushroom cloud I mean, they really lit it up. And uh, because of these two men, Colleen um, survived. Uh, she's, you know, spent two weeks in the hospital, kind of in and out of consciousness. Um, and she, um, due to the nature of the, the accident, her not wearing her seatbelt, she uh, twisted her spinal cord in such a way that she's paralyzed um, basically from the waist down. Um, so Colleen actually went on to live a happy and healthy life. She got remarried, et cetera, et cetera. So her plea to unsolved mysteries is like, Hey, help me find these angels basically who pulled me from the car and I would like to thank them. And then that happens because they were watching unsolved mysteries. Yeah. So, I mean, it's cool. This is a cool story. Kind of uh, wraps up real quickly. Um, yeah it's no real there there i feel you know? like yeah no i i agree like we get a little reenactment of the accident and then she, and then basically it's sack like so she's looking for for these guys and we get the update immediately after that yeah. uh, and they were like oh hey it's us mm -hmm. we're the guys and then they <laughs> met colleen and they had a nice dinner or whatever yeah i <laughs> I can't, during watching the segment, I couldn't help but, <laughs> like, wonder if the, um, you know, the, the couple that were living uh, nearby, you know, came running out and couldn't get the door open, and were like, oh, they can't get the door open, and I feel like that's basically what I would be like in that situation, like, oh, I can't, I can't do it, I don't know what, someone tell me some, give me some directions here. I feel like, I, I wonder, you know, when they watch the segment, if they're like, you know, when they see the two guys come over for dinner, they're like, you know, if we had just brought the crowbar out first, first time we went out there, that that could be us. <laughs> right? Yeah, I guess they could have gotten a free dinner. I'm not really <laughs> sure what you're implying here. <laughs> well, well, just that, you know, they're like, I, I don't know. I, I just like w w before the, the the identity of the two people was uh, who actually pulled her out were, were revealed. I was just you know to me I was just I was kind of I guess I was thinking about the movie Hero Hero, you know you know Hero. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Dustin. I remember that with Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, where he, yeah. he saves the people in the from the plane wreck, 
but then yeah. doesn't come forward to, to claim it. And so then, uh, what was it? Andy Garcia does instead. Yeah. Like, it, you know, like, if these if these two guys hadn't come forward, like it was like they they could have the, the, that first couple, you know, they could have tried to pull a hero. They could have been like, yeah, we're the ones who pulled her out of the wreck. <laughs> I I don't know. I I don't know why I'm so obsessed with claiming credit for this this uh, pull. I I don't know. I feel like you're judging me with your silence right now. I I. I'm just saying, if you have the opportunity to take credit for something, go ahead uh-huh. and take credit for it. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah. So anyway, our, uh, I was just our waiting for segment, you to be done. Yeah, our next segment takes us to Atlantic City. Hey there, have you ever watched a movie or TV show you're certain no one else enjoys? Is there a movie franchise that, despite some lackluster elements, you must consume it in its entirety? Are you tired of folks taking silly media just a little too seriously with their negative reviews? Then you've found the right podcast. Welcome to Bill and Rob's An Excellent Adventure, available wherever you get your podcasts. That's Bill and Rob's An Excellent Adventure, part of the Bridgeburner Podcast Collective. Speaking of your neighborhood casinos. <laughs> Speaking you know of your neighborhood mean? casinos, yeah. Um, uh, though uh, the contrast is that the, the casinos in my neighborhood actually turn a profit. But anyway. Um, Me. <laughs> okay. Uh, our segment. Is that, uh, wait, is that Atlantic City generally speaking? Or is that just. Oh, I, I don't know. Like. Is is one... Atlantic City the same place as the Jersey Shore? Is the Jersey Shore all of the New Jersey coastline, or is that only like a part of it? I don't, I don't know. Okay, <laughs> I, 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 people in New Jersey, and I we'll apologize. Never know. Yeah, we'll never people... know because I refuse to use my phone to look this up and figure it out. <laughs> we'll never know. Is, is Dave home right now? Or <laughs> I'm kidding, no, I'm he's kidding. not. Okay. Oh, damn. Uh, so yeah. we'll never get an answer to this. There's no uh, pe- way to find out. People in New Jersey, I love your state. I'm not trying. I'm just, you know, I know that it has Atlantic City and Newark, that, that city just across from New York, and it, it sounds mm-hmm. very similar. And mm-hmm. the Jersey Shore is a thing. And mm-hmm. I believe the Friday on the Friday the 13th movies take place in rural New Jersey. Is there such a thing as rural New Jersey? There must be. There is. Yeah. Mm. I do know that. There's actually a really incredible forested uh, state park area that I'm not remembering. I mean, the I mean, the Jersey Devil is living in the woods out there. Oh, that's right. The Jersey... Was, was, wasn't there an X-Files episode about the Jersey Devil? Am I imagining uh-huh. that? Yeah. I think so. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, so in short, we love you, New Jersey. Uh, but, uh, I still have to I talk about- I just think about... you're fine. I don't know that I love them. I think it's fine, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
so what the fuck uh, were we I, talking about? Gary Grant Jr., uh, oh, a young man God. who was having breakfast, and his mom was like, "So you gonna play with your friends?" And Gary Grant Jr. or Junior, I'll just call him. Uh, he's like, "No, I got well, I got an appointment at 3:30," which was a very unusual thing for a kid his age to be saying. Okay, but also like. Aren't I think we're like immediately in love with Gary Grant Jr., right? Hey, like, if, he has an appointment. I know, right? I was really curious what like I mean for me the mystery will always be like what was what what did he mean by the appointment? Who was the appointment with? I mean Yeah. Yeah. At first, because like his parents don't live with each other, right? They're separated or or whatever. So I think I th- they're separated now. Oh. You know what I mean? Because I think at the time they were married. I'm, they didn't really get into that, but. I see. Yes. That makes sense. <laughs> that was a very long I see. Wow. <laughs> yeah, well, it makes sense in, in retrospect now. <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah, yeah. But he has an appointment. And at first, like, when I was watching the segment, I was like, but is his dad taking him to the dentist or something? But then his mom just uh-huh. doesn't know. But no, he goes he goes off and plays or, or something. Uh, but then you know he's supposed to be back by four. He's not back by four thirty. So she goes over to the house of like two girls that he plays with, and mm-hmm. was like, "Is Gary here?" And they're like, "Well, he was here, uh, but then he left at four thirty." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I kind of actually chuckled a little. It's like, yeah, that's that's a kid move. It's like we're supposed to be back by four. It's like, well, if I leave my friend's place at four thirty, you know, that's basically yeah. close enough. Um, and yeah, so, but yeah, Gary doesn't come home, so they they start doing the 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 search, right? And Gary's uh, Gary's father, he's on the Atlantic City Police and. Um, you know, the rules are that, like, he can't be involved with the investigation, which is pretty reasonable, because obviously he would not be, he'd be a bit distracted in, uh, in, in those circumstances. But nonetheless, uh, he did, that doesn't let him deter him, and he's either just, like, forgoing his normal job responsibilities or is just, like, walk, walk, spending all of his free time in uniform going around asking about his son. And they they have a... Uh, and I asked about the Jersey Shore because he's walking along a... He's like, yeah, yeah. and I was I checked underneath the boardwalk, and he's he's out on... He's, he's, he's on the... He's on some sort of shore in New Jersey. And uh, they show him going into an arcade and asking about Gary, about Junior. And, um, you know, and uh, I guess one of the arcade person was like, yeah, I saw him, which I was like a few days ago or whatever. I was like, yeah, I don't know. Like when you, when you, when you're an arcade owner, don't the kids just sort of all blur into one at some point, but yeah, really crucially. So like, you know, we, we, we see some games displayed, uh, they're actually what gets shown most prominently are the, the sort of the staples of where you find cabinet arcade games today anyway 
which is uh, we have Galaga and Ms. Pac-Man. Hell yeah! I feel like uh, if you if you go to if you go to any movie theater with a sizable arcade presence, um, you know, it's all going to be sort of the same. It's like you got some racing games, you got some games with those guns that you shoot at the screen. You got a one pinball machine, uh, some claw or you know prize type uh, uh, the machines, and you'll have one classic arcade game cabinet, and it's either Miss Pac-Man or Galaga or you know, something where you, you can play either one. So, uh, I'm sorry, this isn't a podcast about classic arcade games as much as. I try to make it out to be. Uh, yeah, uh, Gary Grant Jr., uh, Sr., he's out searching for his son at all hours. Uh, we get a reenactment of an investigation at a crime scene where they find, unfortunately, Jr.'s body is found, along with some sort of, like, metal pipe. Uh, uh, approximately, what, like, 12 to 15 inches long. Um <clears throat> Gary Grant uh, Sr. His story is that he just happened to be driving by the scene, but I can't help but feel that he, you know, he, he was, he was anytime there, he, he must have found out or something. But they have real reenactment where the guy's playing him. You know, he, he looks, uh, he comes out, he's like, what, what, what's going on there? And they're like, look, they found your son. He's dead. Well, and you know he's trying straining because he wants to wants to go over there, which I feel is, uh, I, th- I think a lot a lot of people would would be trying to do the same. Uh, yeah, I mean there was some big acting in this reenactment right here. Yeah, yeah, like it's 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 the intense crying. Um, so you know they're they're investigating the thing and. Uh, they're going around asking, asking kids like, Hey, did you see Gary? And they're like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And you know, I saw him on whatever day and, but I didn't see him on that day, but you know who did? And, um, uh, the, uh, this is where the segment enters into, uh, the territory of once again, uh, some, uh, some person who who's at a disadvantage vis-a-vis the 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 police is 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 gonna they're gonna try to railroad him into being the the, the guilty party. Uh, yeah. They 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 learn that uh, Gary was friends with a car a kid named Carl Mason who was uh, twelve years old goes by the name of Boo. Uh, he had some uh, developmental issues, um, so. Uh, when the um, that's not what unsolved mysteries says though they don't <sighs> say he's still developmentally disabled no no they choose to use another word uh... they, they use well at the time it was fine to use that word yeah uh, i mean but i mean they're not trying to say it, it was it with a pretty malice, hard stop in the middle yeah. of the segment because it's like you know it's not something did, did, the term the, that did... would be acceptable did the rake? Now. Did the record player at your house just reach to a halt yeah. too? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, needle fell off. The, it was like, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> you ever? Whoa. It's like, it's like that Dire Straits. 
<laughs> I know. Isn't that unfortunate? It's such a And it's like that song goes so hard, but then there's just the there's a word they use in it, and it's just like Yeah. You know, it's it, like, ah, oh, that's it, a shame. It it is. <laughs> and that's it kinda is. like that's what this segment is. It's like that dire straight song. <laughs> precisely precisely and if you know what we're talking about then you know i'm not going to explain it to you yeah you so, you, you know just, and you can guess yeah. and you, yeah i mean yeah. it's the pieces are all there for you to put together um, yeah so we get a reenactment like they they bring boo in at some point and he gets questioned without his grandma present uh and you know they you know, they spend, what, what, like three hours with them, you know, asking them questions. And I feel like, I mean, the, the segment kind of gives the impression that, like, he's, he's starting to get confused on, you know, because they're, they're asking him so many questions about so many days. And so he at some yeah. point, at, on some day, he must have hit Gary in the leg or something. And so I, I feel like, the suggestion in the reenactment was he was talking about a totally different day. And then, yeah. but then they have the other day where he admits that he was in the same place as where Gary's body was found with Gary, uh, which I don't feel like to me seems like, I mean, look, I'm just a simple, small country podcaster. I, I don't live in one of your uh, big cities. But it seems uh-huh. like if you live in the big city, you know, your, your kids are going to have, there's going to be places in the local neighborhood, like little alleyways and open lots and whatnot that they walk through all the time, right? Yeah. That they walk through all the time. And so, anyway, Abu, like, eventually they, <laughs> the the people investigating this, uh, investigating, they throw out the, the, the stint. <clears throat> probably the you know the, the the top weapon you got in your arsenal when when you're doing when you're in a situation and you just want want a confession which is they they tell the they tell boo look if you just if you just tell us that you did it you can go home <laughs> which i feel like is a approach that we've seen more than once <laughs> in this show <laughs> Yeah, I mean, or in life. I mean, this feels like freaking Brandon Dassey all over again. It's like, look, here's the thing, and I've I've said it before on this podcast. I'll say it again. Cops want the quickest point A to point B. That's it. I mean, they're human beings. They have, you know, a limit on their attention and energy, and they want want the easiest uh, case close they possibly can get. And a lot of that involves picking on or um, coercing people who are maybe not uh, financially or mentally uh, prepared to deal mm-hmm. with our mm-hmm. legal system. So I hope these motherfuckers are real proud of themselves. Especially since, uh, uh, not to spoil what happens, like, two minutes later in the segment, but a court judge just throws this completely out. He's yeah. like, come on. Yeah. yeah. As he should. He's just like, give me a fucking break with this shit. So what's really unforgivable, at least as depicted in the, the segment in real life, it probably could have been dramatically different. But did you notice that in the reenactment, when the grandmother is brought in and they put the two papers down in front of both of them, the grandmother just signs it immediately. Mm-hmm. And, 
Yeah, I'm sure it didn't yeah, happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like but... I, I can't, I can't, I can't. Yeah, I can't believe that that actually happened because of that. Like, if that did, because I mean, watching the segment, I was like, the the reenactment is like, what? I mean, meanwhile, like Caro uh, Boo is sort of like he's looking down at the paper, kind of skeptical, right? Like, hmm, I don't know. And then his grandmother just sits down and is like, yep. All right, I'll just sign right here. <laughs> it's like, what? What? How is how is your how is your 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 kid, uh, your 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 grandson, taking more time to study this document than you are? But yeah, we got a little reenactment of him getting fingerprinted, and uh, yeah, just immediately jumps to a reenactment of the court where the judge is just like, oh. like you say, it's like, what the hell? No. 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 Find the real. Find, yeah. Find the real. Find the real killer. Uh, then there's a bunch of like creepy little notes that get left on a cop car in Atlantic City. And it's on uh, Gary Senior's car, right? No. Um, no, no, it was it was just another patrol oh, okay. car. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're sort of weird, cryptic notes like, "Oh, you know, Gary's alive, but." He's dead. I'm gonna do kill again or something, you know, along those lines. Yeah. And another one like, uh, how do you like it? How do you like? Yeah, you know, this is what you get. This is what you get for you know your, uh, um, your, your being whatever you know. I guess that the speculation was like, was did somebody have a grudge against Gary uh, Senior? But Gary Senior didn't seem to think yeah. so. He's like. I can't really think of anyone in particular who was like, I'll make you pay. I'll make you pay. So, so right. it, it was yeah. probably, I mean, are you, I don't know about you, but I was kind of thinking like, oh, this was maybe just a prank, right? If someone's like, hey, I'll write something, you know. Yeah, maybe. It's not a very funny one. Well, I'm not saying it's funny. I'm just saying it's not not the actual killer. It's some guy who's like, oh, I'll just write something. I don't don't think, I don't think it, I don't think it is. You don't think it's a prank? No, I don't think it's the actual killer. Oh, oh, yes. I think think it's just somebody having, taking the opportunity to rattle the police a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, did did we um, Crystal? Did we get it? We didn't. There's no update. There's no update. Yeah, that's um. No, I mean I'm reading in the wiki here, and this is maybe worth mentioning because Gary Senior didn't think Boo actually hurt his son in any way, but he thinks maybe Boo and Gary Junior had been witness to something. And yeah. Were were you know Gary Junior was was hurt to keep silence. So this is what the wiki says, and it kind of makes sense to me. Um, it says Gary Senior believes Boo's older brother, who isn't mentioned in the segment at all, Boo's older okay. brother, who was arrested on robbery charges days before Gary's murder, may have tried to force Gary into taking part in a scheme where he used children to rob houses. Uh, Gary Sr. believes that Gary Jr. refused and threatened to tell the police about it and that he was killed as a result. So, oh, I see. Inter- interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, that's makes the most sense to me. 
it, it, it's it's a theory that seems to fit the facts i i feel like we kind of need to chill out though and we need to go hang out in moro bay california after all that yeah i've never been to moro bay california Is, uh, have you or do you know of this i have place? not no i i guess i could probably go this weekend if i really wanted to it okay. seems like it's not that far away i've never been i think it's kind of on the central might be north of santa barbara or something but i've never been there I, so. I I know I know of Los Angeles and San Francisco and everything sort of in between along the coast is um, vague to me. But yeah, but okay, same, yeah. same. Also, and I live okay. here, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean that. I, <laughs> anyway, no, I, tell, I just it's California is a big fuck off state, and there's just it a is. Lot of it, so. It's a big place. <laughs> big place. Um, uh, it's uh, by contrast, I can count on like. I mean, if if I drove from Reno to Vegas, like I can name every community that I would pass through. There's not that yeah. many, not that Wait, many. Yeah, there's uh, got Tonopah. Yeah, that's that that that's the halfway point. Uh, like, I mean, if if you're driving from Dayton, um, um. Uh, let's say let's say you're driving from Dayton. Uh, uh-huh. First of all, you're going to take the Ramsey Weeks cut off, so you don't even have to go through the silver springs proper uh okay. so i mean you're just going through yarrington hawthorne uh I mean, if you want to count luna and mina as being places um <clears throat> i don't personally count them as places yeah okay so you go through yarrington hawthorne tonopah um uh uh goldfield indian springs and then you're in vegas there you go uh, but we're not talking about Nevada geography. I'm sorry. You, no. you, you want to talk well, about we're, Hugh. We're, we're only barely talking about California geography. Yeah. Um, but we are definitely going to talk about California culture because Hugh, Hugh Harlan, bless his heart, uh, or not. I don't know. <laughs> That's kind of where <laughs> Unsolved Mysteries open. So like, maybe this is a murder. Maybe this is two murders. We don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, it starts off in Morro Bay, California, which is a coastal community. It's mostly a fishing community in the 80s. Um, and it's it's just one of these places where a lot of folks kind of end up, you know? Okay. And uh, a lot of people in the community were like, you know, Hugh Harlan's kind of a, kind of marches to his own beat, but he's a super hard worker. And he just kind of worked, though, when he felt like it. So if he needed some money, he would jump in and help out you know pulling and fish and sometimes he wouldn't accept money i don't know it was just kind of like it wasn't his jam he just like wasn't a part of the capitalist machine you know mm-hmm. and hugh was also married now mm-hmm. i want you if you haven't seen this segment hugh is like a, a very wiry bearded guy he's a very generous smile i would say um but he's you know he looks like a guy who's been out to sea for a bit and uh, he's married to a, a slightly younger woman in 1986. Uh, her name is Diane. And Diane uh, was the dog lady, colloquially, <laughs> around town. She loved her dogs more than people. I mean, this the beginning of this segment really had me relating to Diane. You know what I Interesting. mean? Interesting. 
because Diane was kind of witchy and she loved her dogs and they like do a reenactment of like Hugh and Diane having an argument. I mean, who's even to say this argument ever even happened, but Hugh and Diane have this argument about Hugh wasn't making enough money, but whatever money he was making, giving to Diane, Diane was either using to give, take care of her dogs or she would like give it to her friends or beggars. Beggars. And, Yeah, I think these people just have, like, a really weird relationship to money. Maybe a healthier one. I don't really know. But it comes... It, well, there's something that happens. I, I, I may have a, lot... a controversial yeah. opinion about this. Okay. No, I just... Because, okay. um, like, I mean, because they, they mentioned someone they're interviewing or, or whoever is talking about, like... You know, you know the thing about her giving. You know, she's 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 helping people. She's she's giving money to beggars and whatever. Right. And she's handing the money out, and uh, I just feel like, you know, it's fine if you want to be that person, and it's fine if you want to, or it's fine if you want to be Hugh, and you you know, you just you're like mm-hmm. I'm just going to go down to the the, the dock, and I'm going to help with uh, unloading the fishing boat, and maybe I'll accept pay, but. Maybe I won't. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like you can't be both people in a relationship where, like, the wife is giving money to beggars and the husband is like, oh, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going to accept pay for, for work. I kind of feel like they they like they probably should have each been with someone who was more like the source of the, the money. Yeah. Like, like, you know, like if you got, like, if you got a wife who just likes to give money out to the, the needy, it'd probably be, you know, and is relying on a husband who's giving her the money. It might be, might be good to have a husband who's like pulling in a lot of money to, to, to do that. I feel, I just, I feel, I feel like it's just sort of like, um, well, they, while they're very similar, you know, I, I could see why, why maybe they, they were drawn to each other. They probably have like similar interests and whatnot. But I just feel like they're similar, but because of that, they're not complementary. That's just my perspective. Yeah, I mean, that's probably, I mean, that's sort of the insinuation that Unsolved Mysteries is making, right? They're saying, like, you know, then there's a much, much ado about these rumors of Diane feeding Hugh dog food for dinner. And then baking it into a casserole. Unsolved Mysteries yeah. was obsessed with this. They're like, yeah. any opportunity like, they had, they're like, oh, and you know, so remember, she was she was opening, she was leaving open cans of dog food in front of them. Like, yeah, I mean, did that happen? Who knows? Because these people don't really seem like they're super connected with the community. They're kind of like, everyone has these people in their town. Yeah. If you, you know, you know who they are. But, um, for the Maybe people of for the people of Dayton, that's who I am. <laughs> Who's that guy in that house on, <laughs> who doesn't never I comes doubt out? It. I doubt <laughs> it. Um, yeah. You work for you go to work regularly and are paid money. Oh, so no, oh, I, I see. I thought you just meant like they didn't interact with. Oh no, okay. Oh yeah, uh, no, I yeah. just mean like you're you're town eccentric, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay, so who, I see what... who even knows what's going on with the stock food? But the way that Unsolved Mysteries is setting this up, because what happens? So in 1982 on the beach, uh, somebody who is walking by finds a 
badly decomposed body of a woman. The woman is later identified to be Diane. And she had apparently been strangled with a dog leash and then put out to sea. But they identify her by her, her bracelets. It's actually Hugh that says, oh, yeah, she used to wear those bracelets. That, that was her stuff. And so the police are looking at Hugh, I mm-hmm. guess, because Diane deserved to die because she fed him dog food. I don't really know where <laughs> Unsolved Mysteries is going with this. Um. Uh, yeah, so Hugh... He was saying, I don't, you know, the police were like, why didn't you report her missing? Because it had been 12 days at that point. And he's like, I don't know. She just goes places. You know, it's It's not unusual for her to just be gone and not tell me where she's going. She always comes back. It's not a big deal. And like, I believe that. I I believe believe that 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 is true about this relationship. Yeah, I believe that, too. She She probably disappears for many, many days at a time. Yeah. Yeah. She's gone with the dogs, whatever. Like these two, these people are like not constrained by society. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. All right. So the police think maybe Hugh did it and that Hugh did it because she was feeding him dog food or whatever. And like, really, I feel like unsolved mysteries and the police are kind of telling on themselves by saying that that's a good enough reason to kill somebody, but whatever. Hugh's like, I didn't do it. I don't think she was murdered. You know, she might've had an aneurysm or something. Uh, okay. So four years later in 1986, uh, Hugh uh, goes over to a, a buddy's house to borrow some tools. Uh, he's got a construction job up. You know, he's just like a everyman. He's like, he's pulling fish out of the boat. He's doing construction work. You know, he's doing what he needs to do. So he's got a two-day two construction job up in San Simeon, which is where the Hearst Castle is. I do know where that is. I've been to San Simeon, but I, ah. I've never been to Morro Bay. So I guess I kind of just like narrowly missed Morro Bay <laughs> last time I was on uh driving down the pacific coast highway anyways um so he goes to san simeon and then he's like never seen again and a few days later um a couple of friends of hugh happen to be down near cambria um which is right by san simeon just these are just like really tiny towns like north of santa barbara on the coast and uh they see his pickup truck and they're like oh there's a he's got his backpack in here he's got his his shitty weed is in here (laughs) and uh you know his glasses his sleeping bag there's you know just all of his stuff they find his keys out in the grass kind of near where the truck is parked um and they also discover that the fuel line from the truck had been removed um so there's a lot of spec so there's a lot of speculation as to what happened to Hugh. Did he just wander off? Was he killed? Was it Diane's killer? If Diane was even killed, coming yeah. for Hugh? I don't know. There's like just there's a lot of questions here. A lot of questions. And there's no there's no update. No update. No. Update. That's kind of the theme of this episode, except for Colleen. There's no update. Yeah, yeah. All all the murders are unsolved. That's highly yeah. unusual. Um, and they're going to remain unsolved when we're done recording because that's not what we do here. We don't we don't solve them. Uh, we don't but solve what them. we but what we we do do is <laughs> do do. <laughs> um, we we do have a Patreon, so if you want to yeah. um, go over there and either give us one dollar a month, uh, it's like which, a tip. Uh, yeah. It's like, yeah. hey, thanks. It's like tip your bartender, you know? Or or five dollars a month and you'll get access to whatever 
extraneous materials we've added onto our Patreon uh, only, and occasionally people receive stuff in the mail. Um, if you send us an email, reenactedpod at gmail.com, uh, Crystal will definitely read it at least. Uh, our Twitter yeah, I'll is. Read it. Yeah, a Twitter is at Reenacted Pod. Uh, there's there's Facebook groups. I saw someone joined joined one. I should probably be more proactive about posting on there. Um, yeah, <laughs> there you go. Oh. Oh. And you know what? It just occurred to me is that we can make our little announcement now. We can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got clearance today. Oh boy! So uh, this is this is big time news from your pals over at Reenacted Pod. Uh, we have I definitely can't call it a network because that is not what it is legally, but uh, we have joined a podcast collective um, called Bridge Burner uh, Podcast Collective, and so if you want to check check that out, um, you know we're kind of we've all come together here to try and uh, promote each other's stuff, but it's also a, a nice way for you, the listener to maybe listen to some other podcasts. Uh, and I, I know for certain that uh, in the episode before last, we dropped an advertisement in case you were wondering like, what is this advertisement that oh, I'm not, I'm not listening to reenactment for ads, but that's um, the deal. So we are part of this collective. You're, we're going to be advertising on, mm other people's podcasts and you'll hear uh hear some drops for um other folks in the collective and we hope it's just a really beneficial relationship for everyone and we're i don't sound super excited about it it's only because i've had an entire margarita and i'm feeling kind of gypsy but it's uh, it's a huge it's a huge move behind the scenes for us is to have that kind of support and you know, just not be shouting into the void, basically be doing this with with other folks who are like minded and like talking about silly shows and movies. So, yeah, um, I hope and you guys check that out. It's Bridge Burner Podcast Collective. Do do interested. check the do check them out. I can say that I've listened to almost all of them almost all the way through an episode great <laughs> <laughs> yes well robbie do you want to do you want to do the thing uh, join us next time unsolved mysteries perhaps you can help us um solve a mystery <laughs> <laughs>